Last week, you remember, we started a series on Stronger, and if you remember, um, the illustration didn't work properly. If, that was, if you were here last week, it was very funny, right? But this week, we want to talk about a time that you may have been hurt. For me, I can remember as a teenager, um, I'll never forget, I thought that I was, you know, being, not, not a teenager, I was more of a, a kid. I remember my, my brother, you know, he someone just finished mowing the lawn, and he thought that, he told me he'd give me $5 if I touched the muffler of the lawnmower. So me being a kid, $5 sounded like a whole lot of money. And so what I ended up doing was, I touched the muffler of a lawnmower, and let's just say my hand just sizzled. All right, it was blistered. I, it, was, it was finished, all right? It was, anyway, my brother got in plenty of trouble because of that, because I'm the baby of the family, so... Jeffrey, the oldest one. So, so it, was, it was a big problem, right? So that was a very tough time. But also, that was a tough time physically, but we've had other times of spiritual problems, right? Where, you know, things don't go the way we expected. We've been hurt by people. How many of you would say that your life, without, I don't want you to raise your hand, but think about it, that you would say, I wish my life was better. I think we always wish that in a way. Well, tonight we want to talk about an individual who really, his life was, he was trying to do all he could for God. He was trying to be the best person, but he wasn't very smart in the ways and things he would say. Tonight we want to talk a little bit about Joseph. We know about Joseph, right? In the Bible, right? Joseph was Jacob's favorite son, and he had this coat and all these things he was given. So one day Joseph decides he had a dream and he's going to come and tell his brothers in, in Genesis 37. We're not going to read the whole chapter because, you know, we don't have time. He, he decides to tell me, look, there's going to come a day. Basically, what he's saying is there's going to come a day when all of you all are going to bow down to me. And Joseph was the second youngest brother. So, you know, in their minds, as we know, who's the older brother now? Anyone the older brother? All right. The older brother. The older brother would, what, what would you say, Nicholas? If Taylor, if, if Taylor had to come to you and say, one day you're going to bow down to me. Never, right? That never could happen, right? Never in your life, right? That would just be weird. Like, it's just like, really? Like, are you serious? Like, this is a dream you had? And, and you know, sometimes, sometimes it's probably better not to say anything, right? If you had that dream, probably not best to tell your brothers, hey, boy, one day, y'all going to bow down to me. Y'all going to be bowing down to me. So guess what happened? They decided, yeah. We can fix him. His, his daddy's favorite. We can sell him. We, you know what? We could kill him. And we could tell daddy the animals did something to him. But the oldest brother, Reuben, says to himself, no, 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 we can't do that. We can't, we can't, we can't kill him. That would just be carrying it too far. Then they decide, you know what? Let's sell him. Let's sell him to slavery. Let's sell him to, to people so that he could be a slave for them. But we, what we can do is we could take the coat and we're going to, you know, wipe it in blood and say, Dad, look what happened. We just as though we found it. Now, Jacob being, like I said, Joseph being the favorite son, they come in and bring in this, you know, they thought they sold him. They would never see him again. Now, how would you say, were they good brothers? No, right? They weren't any good brothers, right? But Joseph also shouldn't open his mouth in that way, right? Probably should have told them that dream. Now, if the story ended there. Then that'd be a problem story, right? What happens later? We look at two chapters later as they 
you know, going through as Joseph has already been through all these problems. But life changes for Joseph. He gets this honorary position. And Potiphar, who's in charge, has to go away. And he says, look, you're in charge. But there's one thing you ain't in charge of. And you know what that is? My wife. All right? You could do anything you want, but don't touch my wife. Well, what happens? His wife comes on to who? Him. She throws himself at him. Huh? Herself, I see. What did I say? Himself, yeah, no, no, no. We don't want to go there. She threw herself at him. Okay? I mean, as we know, I mean, us guys, you know, if a girl comes on us, you know, that's, that's hard to resist. But here it is. I mean, she's throwing him herself at him and basically saying, hey, whatever you want, you could do. But guess what Joseph does? He runs away. Now, you know in our culture what we can say about Joseph, right? As we all already been saying about 50 times in this room, why are you like money, boy? Oh, you can let the God, boy. But God throw himself at him, herself, and he run? He like money, boy. What's wrong with him, boy? He's a punky, boy. You ain't serious, boy. But the God come on you and you run? And guess what? My boy run out there naked. Because she pulled his clothes and he, he was naked. He could do nothing. Now, This caused Joseph a lot of stress because the story changed. Because Joseph was said that he came on to her. And we know the scriptures tell that this is what a couple of verses in the last three verses of chapter 39 say. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison as he was thrown in prison after the fact. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. Verse 23. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. You see, in times of life, in times of struggles, and when we go through these times and we think that God cannot be in it, because as we think of the story of Joseph, I'm not a question. Going through all that and trying to do what's right and still getting in prison and all those troubles. Do you think, it, how many people would think, well, God is not with me at this time? How, would, how many of you think that way? How could God be in this? I'm trying to do what's right for God, but yet I'm being thrown into prison. I've been there. I've been there thinking to myself, well, I'm living for God, and why would this happen to me? Because sometimes we think we have a relationship with God, we think God owes us something. We think that... This is how, you know, there's no way me being a Christian, because you know why when we turn on the TVs and we turn on all these things, we hear these preachers tell us that, well, you know what? If you know God, if you have a relationship with God, you should be rich. If you know God, you should be healthy. You should be, all these things should be, nothing should be wrong with you. But let me ask a question. How many of you read the Bible? How many of y'all read the Bible? Anyone read the Bible now? Isn't the Bible completely opposite of that a lot of times? What does it say a Christian a Christian will go through? Trials. Tribulation. Suffering. I mean, come on. I, like, that's not, what, that's not how it should be, right? Because we think that we hear other people say that life will be easy. Now, 
Well, like I said with Joseph, Joseph recognized that everything he went through was a part of God's perfect plan for his life. We don't always look at it like that. When I think of my life, right? I think of a time when, when I, you know, Tamsin and I were planning on having kids, but God said he didn't want to have kids in that way. He wanted us to adopt. That was very hard for me. That was a hard time in our life because here it was, I was a youth pastor, I was in ministry doing, you know, things for God. So I thought to myself, well, why can't we have kids? What's, what's wrong? Why, why is that, you know, why that happened to us? Because we were following after God. We were doing what God wanted us to do in ministry. So why would God not do that? In fact, we had a girl in our youth ministry who was pregnant at the time. So seeing that, where she was living in sin, and she's pregnant, and here it is, we're trying to do what we can for you, God, and you're not allowing this to happen. What's the point? Why continue to pursue God, and why continue to pursue, you know, doing these things with God? Because you're not giving me what I want. It was a rough time. It was a hard time in our lives. And I had to trust God, and that God had a bigger plan. And like I always say, I will never change, you know, my daughter, Mercy, who is adopted. I would never change her for nothing because I don't look at her no different. She's my child. And so God had a plan for us in that way. And he has a plan for each one of us when we go through trials and tribulations. And we have to look through scripture. We see so many examples and Joseph isn't the only example. We're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 11. It says this. Cast in all your anxieties or cares on him because he cares for you. When we go through trials, when we go through tribulations, we have to say, you know what? I'm going to cast everything to God. I'm going to pray to him. I'm going to give him my problems. You know what happens a lot of times in our world today? We hold on to our problems. We hold on to everything. And you know what ends up happening? It builds us up. And we cause more problems. Do you know today's rate of suicide is higher than anywhere at any time ever? Because people get so anxious and so, you know, scared of what the next step is going to be that they just want to end their life. Because they don't know what else to do. You know, it's so serious. Verse 8 said, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Don't you think Satan would like to attack you when you think that, you know, why am I going through this? Like I said, even when I was going through my trials in that, can I honestly say I never questioned God? No. I questioned God a lot in that. Why God? Why, why would this happen to me? And that's what Satan wanted me. He wanted me to just say, there's no run wrong with questioning God, but, but blaming God. But Satan wants us to, to look and say, well, huh, see that? If you do what I say, it'll be an easier life for you. You know like how you watch those old cartoons? I know they don't come out anymore, but the, the, good, the good angel and the bad one, you know, you know, they're talking to each other and they're trying to, you know, back and forth. Give your anxieties, your worries. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of suffering are being experienced by your brother throughout the world. How many of you all ever go through trials? Well, if you ain't raising your hand, you're lying. Because we all go through trials, right? We all got problems. 
So what are they saying? All of us are suffering. All of us have different problems. Y'all's problems are different than my problems. Because some of y'all, how many y'all problems in school right now? All right? Yeah. I don't, I don't have to worry about that anymore. But let me tell you this. Let me tell you a little secret. Take it, man. Your school years. Because when you graduate, life does change. When the bills start to come, and you got to pay those bills right by the dawn, it's a whole other ball game, right? It is, all right? Sometimes you, think, sometimes you think school is difficult. It's, you know, it's hard. Ah, oh, you don't know the homework. You don't know the teacher that I got to go through. And I'm not saying it ain't, because at that same point in my life, I was thinking the same thing. But when you get older, life changes completely. And it gets harder. Because then, right now, most of you, your parents make decisions for you, or whatever it may be. You're going to start making your own decisions. It's going to become harder. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Verse 11. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. As we said, this is called stronger. And we are go, when we go through trials, it's to make us stronger. How many of you play sports? You play sports, right? A lot of you play sports. All right? And I, and I can tell you this, right? I mean, I played basketball yesterday, and it was very difficult. I was on a weak team, and I lost every single time. All right? It was just rough. It was rough. But here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. If you lose, how many of you ever lost a basketball game to a team? Anyone ever lost? A, lost, right? You lost, right? Now, don't, don't you hope... Listen, when you lose to a team, doesn't it make you next time want to work hard to try to beat that team because you get frustrated even more? That, that makes, sometimes makes you stronger? Sometimes it does, right? It makes the team strong. It makes us think, hey, we need to come together and try our best. We need to work harder and try to win the next game. But it doesn't always work that way, right? You lose the next time too and the next time. But here's the thing. When we go through trials in life and we, when we say, here God, I want to give you my struggles, I want to give you what I'm worrying about, all the anxieties, you go through those trials and you learn from it. And you're giving it over to him so he can help you through it. Because when you try to go on your own, you're going to fail. In 1992, there was a running in Derek Redmond. He was a favorite of the Olympics to win Amel to place. And what happened to him is he was running the race and he pulled his hamstring. We're going to watch a little bit of the story right now. And I want you to see how his dad comes and consoles him as he's going through his rough time and he's trying to finish the race. But I want you to picture this. I want you to look at it this way. I want you to look at you being him, the runner, and God coming alongside of you and walking you through to the finish line.
You see, when we think of the Christian life, it's a race. And we're going to have those trials, we're going to have those struggles. But God is with us. He's walking with us. He's going through everything with us. For us who know Christ, we have someone we can turn. We have a Father who is perfect. Who is going to be there with us? Who is going to carry us through those problems? Again, as you think of that race, you think of you're running this race and you're halfway there and all of a sudden you pull your hamstring. You're ready to give up. You're ready to say, that's it. And in the Christian life, we gave up every single time that something like that happened, when a trial came in our life, that our faith is not real, it's not strong enough. We gotta turn to God and say, God, here it is. This is my problem, this is my trial. I need your help. And he's there for us to carry us through. But a lot of times we try to do it on our own, right? And we fail. We fail. So, when we think of this as we close, in the middle of your pain and confusion, know that you have a God who is there with you. Know that He is there, He can be trusted. He's someone who we can trust whatever it is we're going through. Because He knows He knows it. He knows what we're going through better than anyone else. When life doesn't make sense, God can be trusted. When nothing around us makes sense, God can be trusted. When we go through a hurricane like Dorian, and I guess Nassau, we haven't faced it, but we are facing it because we have different things that are happening in this desire. We gotta trust God. That's the only place we can turn. There's no way else we can turn because if you listen to the report, there are all sorts of different reasons why the hurricane hit there. So, when life doesn't make sense, God can be trusted. Father, we thank you for all that you've done. We pray that you continue to be honored alive. We pray that you help us again to realize that whatever we're going through, that you're there with us. We can trust you, and we know that you're a plan. And we just thank you, and we just pray that you see Amen.